Grains closed mostly higher on Friday, except for some of the soybean contracts, despite some friendly demand news. Markets already seem to be in holiday and year-end mode. While cattle and hogs closed strong in post, higher weekly closes, if you can believe it, despite some sloppy cash. And the dollar rebounded after a hard sell-off earlier in the week. Live from a pasta salad kind of day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Randy Martinson from Martinson Ag and Duane Bossy from Bolt Marketing. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now filling in for Chip, Michelle Rook. Well, thanks so much, Davis. Oh, you always do this to me. You always start off with either a cookie or some sort of food this reference. Be easy. What is this a should... pasta salad kind of day? Please tell me. Have you ever put chips in a pasta salad? No. It all goes back well, to chips. Well, taco salad. It's all... No, Maybe? not those sorts of chips, though. No. Oh. no. Tortilla chips don't count. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking more chocolate chips. I guess you could put. No, but see, that wouldn't be a pasta salad then. That'd be a taco salad. I stand by my. I stand by my statement. It's a pasta salad kind of day. Okay. I'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. You like pasta salad, don't you? It's delicious. Yeah, dude. Too many carbs for me, though. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit that carbs. way too. I get. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I find myself more and more conscious of carbs these days. Uh, then I'm really comfortable being, to be honest. You know, I do. I, I, I'm i about to jam a cookie into my mouth, and I think, hmm, I wonder how many carbs are in this. And then after I eat the I third know, but guys one, have better metabolisms than women, so you might be able to get by with it for a while yet. So. I don't know. Time's running out, Michelle. The hourglass is getting thin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, what kind well, of day you got we, going up there? I'm 49 and kind of light rain here yeah, in Kansas it's City. It's actually supposed to rain just very slightly. I, it's weird to talk about rain in December, but, know. you know, we've been in the 40s up here in the Dakotas. Randy maybe isn't quite as warm up there, but um, mm-hmm. in North Dakota. But uh, we wow. are seeing, you know, just unbelievably nice weather for December. So, mm-hmm. Well, and we... I mean, I think you would probably agree. We would absolutely take the rain. Um, down here, the ground absolutely. obviously isn't, isn't frozen yet by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know. You, you're probably not frozen up there either, are you? Uh, the lake has a little bit of ice on it, but boy, it? it's it's pretty thin yet. So, hmm. well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, like I said, it feels like we're already in holiday trading mode. A lot of year-end kind of stuff going on. That's what happens when you've got. Markets going directions that the fundamentals don't necessarily agree with. And so I always chalk that up to end of quarter, end of month, end of year, holiday, sure. all those yeah. things. So Yeah, I'd buy that. I'm convinced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of some interesting moves here this week. And as we get into this thinly uh, traded market, it's going to be a little bit easier to move the market on very little news. So we'll see how that pans out here for the next couple of weeks. Yep. Well, I've got today's news, if you're interested. You bet. Mostly in the green today. We'll take it, right? Oh, absolutely. We'll take it. Um, I've got the weekly closes. You're right. The the meats did well on the week. The rest of them, eh, kind of a mixed bag. Today, HRW Wheat Futures lagged early gains in spring wheat and SRW, but ended the day on the plus side of unchanged. Romania's Black Sea port of Constanta surpassed its grain export record this year, thanks to a surge in shipments from Ukraine. 
Relief from dryness in HRW wheat areas the past two days has been significant, Michelle, with additional rains today and more in the second week of the forecast, this according to World Weather Inc. Today, March HRW wheat futures firm six and one quarter cents to six forty two and three quarters. March SRW wheat gained thirteen and one half to six twenty nine and one quarter. March spring wheat closed at seven thirty and three quarters. That's up thirteen and one half on the day and on the week. March hard red winter wheat futures down eighteen and a quarter. March soft red down just two and a half. Could have been worse in the soft red, Michelle. Yeah, no doubt. But we've had higher weekly closes the last two weeks, so we certainly would have liked to have seen that momentum keep going. For sure. Well, corn futures chopped around unchanged early in the session before firming to a mildly positive close. Chinese corn breeders say they are preparing to plant more than double the amount of GMO corn next year. The Biden administration said earlier today it will recognize methodology favored by the ethanol industry in guidance to companies looking to claim tax credits for sustainable aviation fuel, though it will update the methodology by March 1. March corn futures today firmed three and three quarter cents to 4.83. May corn added three and one quarter cents to 4.95 and a quarter. July corn futures closed at 5.04 and three quarters. That's also up three and one quarter on the week. Our March corn down two and one half cents. Now, this industry guidance on the uh, methodology favored by the ethanol industry, Michelle, as I understand it, um, we'll be lucky to see something by March 1. Your thoughts? Well, they're trying to use the GREET model, which is DOE's um, scientific basis. But you know how slow government moves. so I'm afraid so. Well, despite a turnaround in the soy product markets, soybean futures were mostly under light pressure by the close of trade today. USDA did report daily soybean sales of 134,000 metric tons to China and 447,500 metric tons to unknown destinations, both for 23-24. Net drying in Brazil will continue through Monday and probably into Tuesday with very little rain and hot temperatures resulting in rapid drying across the nation this according to World Weather Inc. January soybeans one and three quarters cents higher, thirteen fifteen and three quarters. Everybody else is lower. March beans down a half cent, thirteen thirty one and a half. May beans closed at thirteen forty three even. That's down two and one quarter today. And on the week, actually up eleven and three quarter cents in the uh, January soybean contract. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. We did have strong NOPA crush figure out today as well. It was a record for the month of November in addition to that export news. So some pretty good demand news, but we are behind for the year on exports. So, Well, March cotton softened 88 points to 79.93. On the livestocks, cattle futures pulled back from gains made earlier this week, but surged into the close to end the day. In positive territory, February fat cattle firmed a buck forty-two and a half today to one sixty-nine thirty-five. April futures up one dollar twenty-seven and one half to close at one seventy-two eighty-five. January feeder futures added a buck fifty-five to two twenty ninety. On the week, February fat cattle up three dollars sixty-two and a half. January feeders firmed five dollars and sixty cents. All told, this week not not a bad performance on the week, Michelle. I was going to say, higher weekly closes, maybe we can finally confirm bottoms in these markets. That would be great. Well, and finally here, lean hog futures chopped higher in today's trade, although cash and cutout values have yet to improve. February hogs gained a buck forty-two and a half today to 71.90, and April hogs were $1.45 higher 
at 78.62 and a half. And the uh, the Lean Hogs, the February contract on the week, up two dollars ninety-two and one half cents. It was a fight higher for Lean Hog futures, but man, did they ever hang in there? The Feb contract up a buck forty-two and a half. April up a buck forty-five. I like where Hogs are sitting going into the weekend here. Michelle, over to you. Well. And I would say kind of surprising to see both cattle and hogs higher. Most of it must have been technical because cash trade was sloppy on both uh, cattle and hogs for the week. And the weights are creeping up here. So like I said, a lot of it must be technical. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that and all of the weekly closes and what's ahead. Coming up with Randy Martinson with Martinson Ag. Dwayne Butsy joining us with Bolt Marketing coming up here on AgriTalk. United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Well, I know what I'm thinking. We are already in holiday mode here in these markets. Uh, Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag is joining us from Fargo, North Dakota. Dwayne Bussey is joining us from Britain, South Dakota. It's kind of an all Dakota kind of show here today, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. And, and that's like good. Yeah. Yep, we, yeah. It's good to have the attention. <laughs> all right. Well, Randy, uh, you mentioned before we went into the break that, you know, it feels like the longest month here this week that we've ever had to <laughs> trade. So starting to get into that quiet time aren't we for the holidays and just not a lot to move the markets well that's right i mean we're getting news out there but it doesn't seem to be able to do anything as i think a lot of guys have kind of you know kind of resolved themselves to where they want to be at in their positions i think we have seen some selling you know especially last week after this earlier this week when chairman paul came out and made his announcements on wednesday we did see some money start to flow out of the commodities into the stock market but i think a lot of guys have gotten where they want to be probably for the end of the year for uh you know working on their income side of things for tax purposes and, and we're just going to kind of uh coast into the end of the year yeah, and you know, you mentioned the money flowing into the stock market. I know we had Joe Vaklovic on on Wednesday after the Fed decision, and of course, I asked him a little bit about whether he thought maybe with the interest rate climate starting to peel back, if we would start to see some money come back into the commodities in terms of investment by the spec community. Dwayne, what, what's your thought about that? Will it come back over eventually, or is it all going in the stock market right now? I, I think eventually it will, um, but probably not as the managed money. I think it, that might be more the index funds, the long only index funds. And the reason I say that is just looking at historic graphs, you've seen as the interest rates went up, they got out of long positions like crazy and are really at a, I don't know what if it's four or five year low as far as long positions. But you're right, when the stock market's 
record high and looking like it can never go down. That's where the easy money is made now. Like, but once we start seeing some pullback and say maybe those index only funds or long only index funds will start buying this market back again. You know, they get in and just stay long. Um, the problem is that I don't know what market looks like. It's really that low that it's a long term buy here. But uh, all the producers say corn's too low, but it historically really isn't that bad yet. Yeah, because they look for value. Right. Yep. Right. Long term range value. Yeah. So the other thing we talk about holiday mode, you know, when we start getting into this thin trade, it's in a month and the quarter end of the year. You know, Randy, what do you think? Is it easier to push the market? Do you see a change in the Brazilian weather forecast, maybe get the beans running or not? You know, I think that will happen. I mean, you, you normally are saying in this industry is that whoever feasts at Thanksgiving usually gets, uh, you know, the opposite reaction during Christmas. And, you know, I think the the bears did take control of Thanksgiving, especially Black Friday. We had a pretty heavy sell off the day after Thanksgiving. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that we could see the bulls kind of get a little bit more of the attention during the uh, Christmas holiday break. And, you know, we, we've got this uh, always in the forecast, but never occurring uh, rain that, uh, for uh, Brazil. Uh, and I think that's going to continue to get pushed back. And I think that will bring more support into the soybeans. We've been pretty, you know, range bound in that soybean market, 13 to 13.50 for the most part. And so is the market comfortable or is it still just trying to determine how big the Brazilian crop size is? And then if we get problems after the first of the year, then it takes off or what? I think that's exactly what they're looking at. I, I think they're waiting to see if we get any more confirmation of rains. Uh, you know, right now, it, it, I mean, the forecast is still there. And it's still in, you know, I mean, there's still hope. And if it rain does come, it will help improve the crop. We saw that last year in our crop up here in the, in the Northern Plains. And once we finally did, well, everybody did. After they finally started getting rains, we did see the crop improve. And that's still the thought that could happen with Brazil. But they miss these next rains and with these temperatures still well up into the hundreds this week and in the, all the way up until probably Tuesday, you know, there's going to be some more damage done. And I think that could help give extra support to the market once it does start to roll. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, you guys, you know, we did have some demand news out today. I mentioned, you know, Nopra Crush came in at 189 million bushels for November, which is a record. Then you had 21 and a half million bushels of soybean sales this morning. Again, you ended flat for the day in the soybean market. So demand news, is it just not good enough to push the market or what? I, I can chime in there on that. I mean, I, I think the demand's solid. I think it's just we're behind the pace needed and that's bothering the traders. But that sale this morning, another USA sales flash, daily sales flash announcement, that's the eighth day in a row of those so, I mean, we continue with that. I think this market could actually gain some traction. And to Randy's point, you know, what if next week rains don't materialize in Brazil with a light holiday volume we've already talked about? Beans could actually have like that up 25, up 30 day um, because of the light volume. We'd run some stops and take off. So, you know, not a bad idea to have some limit orders out there to sell this stuff too. Yeah. Soybean exports, like you say, flash sales have been good, but Randy, we're still behind for the year, aren't we, on exports on beans? 
We are. I think we're somewhere like 30% behind last year's pace, something like that. So we are trailing behind. You know, we're hopefully, you know, we've, we've been thinking we're going to catch up, but we just can't seem to get there. Uh, but I do think that, you know, right now, because of the trouble that they're seeing some shipments coming out of uh, the Brazil, you know, they're, we're seeing some trouble with them being able, because they're dry, they're not being able to move as much on the barges as well. It's trouble, you know, uh, exporting out of the southern regions because of the rain. So that's brought a little bit more demand to the U.S. and especially the Pacific Northwest, which, you know, to Dwayne and I benefit, that's our beans that are going to be able to get shipped. So I think that is, that's certainly helping. Yeah. So soybeans, it's a lot about weather, Brazil weather here in the next few weeks. That's the big key. Corn market, what gets us over $5 when you have a 2.1 billion bushel carryover, Dwayne? <laughs> I, I think, well, time for one thing. Um, I do think we'll get there. Uh, there are stories longer term, but in the short term to get there, the fastest would be if we have that big buyer named China step in and buy some of our corn. You know, there's been rumors that, you know, they bought around 20 million metric tons so far this year. There's some rumors that they could buy 30, 40 million metric ton. Now, I, I love those rumors as a producer myself. I don't know why they'd buy that much, especially after they've announced they have a record crop, unless they just want to build up their storage that much. But like you said, Michelle, with that kind of ending stock hanging over our heads, it's going to take something pretty big to push it up. Because as we rally, there's going to be a lot of farmer selling as we go to to, to really as a ceiling on this uh, market that holds us down. Well, that leads into a really good question. You are a farmer yourself, Dwayne. Is $5 the magic number that's going to get the bin doors to open as far as farmer sales on corn? I, I think it would. Yeah, I, I think it would definitely get the bin doors opened up and started. Uh, in our area where Randy and I are at, I think between the two of us, there's a lot of corn and there's still a lot of corn piles and there's almost no farmer selling. Now, the interesting thing about that, that that's the corn that's at the elevators. Um, the end users, the ethanol plants are grinding through it quite quickly. And because farmers aren't selling what they've got at the elevator, the elevator can't move and sell it to the ethanol plant. So you might have some end users get uh, a little tight here early on in the 2024 calendar year. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for my corn that's on farm is to send it to one of those guys. What about North Dakota basis levels? What are they looking like up there, Randy? Well, it's kind of like Dwayne said, everybody's got, you know, corn piles right now, or most sure. elevators do. So the, the basis continues to be somewhat wide. But yeah, we are seeing, you know, I think once they get all cleaned up, after the first of the year, I think the end users are going to have to try to make some pretty aggressive improvements to basis to try to crawl or to, to claw some of that uh, corn out of the bin. So I, I do think we'll see a little bit of movement. I'm thinking more that by the time we get into mid-January, we're going to see a, have a better idea of that safrina corn crop. And I think that could really cause this market to start jumping because of all delayed the planting was for soybeans in, in Brazil, the harvest is going to be delayed. It's not likely they're going to see as big of a crop uh, be, get planted for that safrina corn. But That's, it's too early for the market to trade that, you think? I think so. I, I'm Dwayne, you probably think the same. <laughs> I, I, It is probably too early to trade it, but I'm also a little bit surprised. You know, it's the futures market. We always trade things early. And to Randy's point, you know, we're not talking about the safrina corn crop that'll have lower yield. I mean, we're already kind of assuming that with planted, late planted, but 
we're talking a lot of acres that just won't get planted. Well, that, that's a zero. So I'm a little surprised the corn market hasn't gained a little bit of steam off that. And maybe it's tried several times and it's meet by farmer selling all the time. And we're going to have to grind through that eventually. There has to be some triggering mechanism on corn for the funds to get out of this short position they're in too. That could be it, you think, that second crop Brazil? I, I would agree with that. I agree with Randy's point. That along with if you get some China buying, which those two would probably come together because if China's worried about Brazil's second crop of corn, they'll probably come by from us, at least get the sales on the books. So it's a combination of those two that could really could spike us up to that 525, 535. That's my ultimate goal to where I'd want to sell my old crop, but uh, that's that's a goal. <laughs> Getting there is a different thing. Well, certainly it's also helped that the wheat market, well, at least it had looked like it was trying to bottom. Uh, it's trying. <laughs> well, no, I think wheat's bottom, hasn't it, Randy? Well, I think every day it tries, um, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where March hard red winter wheat futures firmed six and one quarter cents to 642 and three quarters. March SRW wheat gained 13 and one half cents to 629 and one quarter. March corn futures up three and three quarter cents, 483. May corn added three and one quarter cents to 495 and one quarter. January soybean futures were one and three quarter cents higher. 1315 and three quarters. March beans down a half cent, 1331 and one half. March cotton softened 88 points to 79.93. On your livestock's February fat cattle up a buck 42 and a half to 169.35. January feeder futures up 155 to 220.90. February lean hog futures gained 142 and one half to close at 71.90. Get more market news every market day. TryProFarmer.com. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Michelle Rook in for Chip Flory. Uh, today, Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag, Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing, uh, both joining us here with analysis and Sorry, guys, I was so engrossed in what you guys were saying before we went into the break that I just could not hear the music. Poor, poor so, wheat market, you know, it always gets the short end of the I stick. Know. That was really the short end of the stick. <laughs> I know, but let's talk about wheat since we kind of ended there. You know, um, I think I agree with both of you that it has gotten the short end of the stick. It's been kind of the dog here for a long time with the funds pushing record short in all three exchanges just like a couple of weeks ago. We've seen a rally, but it's mostly been what, on this China SRW business that we have gotten, or is there other things that are now starting to get the attention of the market? Randy, I'm gonna let you go first because you're entrenched in wheat country there. 
Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of it was due to the, you know, China coming in and buying. That was uh, business we hadn't expected. Uh, we hoped for it, but we weren't expecting it. And what's interesting is that USDA increased the exports in the, in their uh, December report just about the same as what uh, we sold to uh, to China. And I do think that China is going to continue to come and buy. The fact that we've got a short crop in Australia is going to continue to help support the wheat market, I think, long term. But the other factor is, is that I think where the market is sitting right now and, and where corn and beans are sitting, we're just not going to see very many acres of spring wheat up in this region if we don't see this price do something. So if we're looking at needing to have wheat or, or wanting to see wheat raised in the northern plains, the, the high quality spring wheat, that price has got to see a little bit of a bounce or uh, producers are going to go to other crops. But you can't get too far up the ladder in terms of prices here, Randy, before we become uncompetitive from a global standpoint, though, right? That is correct. And, you know, in the dollar dropping, uh, you know, because of the interest rates and, uh, you know, the not looking at doing a hike, possibly seeing reductions after the first of the year, the dollar dropping certainly has helped. But, you know, I think at some point, too, you know, Russia is going to run short of a 100 million metric ton crop at some point. That should bring in some more exports to the U.S. And really, that's that's what's missing. The link that's missing for wheat is the fact that we just do not have the export demand. Well, and Russia keeps saying, oh, we're going to put a ban on, we're going to have export restrictions. But do you believe that from them? You know, short term, maybe, you know, but I think that's just a way for them to get the price up so that they can sell, you know, at a little higher price. So, and, you know, at some point, I think the Ukraine is going to, I mean, we're looking at them exporting about, you know, 10 to 15% less each year as this war continues to go. And I think that's going to continue to be a little bit of an issue as well. And you get a hiccup in production in one other of the major exporting countries. And like rain right now that's forecast to fall in Argentina could start hurting that quality. That that could be a game changer to help push wheat. Well, how many weeks in a row, guys, did we say, oh, this is the bottom of the wheat market, only to be proven wrong. But do you guys think the bottom finally isn't in this wheat market? I I do, but yeah, I, I picked that several times according to my hedge account here and tried to pick the bottom and it looks like it didn't work. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think we are. I think the China buying was a nice surprise, rallied us back up. And, and I don't know if I believe the stories that China's just done buying either. Uh, we talked earlier this morning about if the U.S. dollar keeps trending lower, even though the wheat prices have come up, I think we'll still stay competitive. Well, and I have to laugh because every time I look for a fundament, fundamental reason for the wheat market to be up, and sometimes corn even for that matter, I should just write down China rumor. I told you guys it was going to put a sticky note up on my computer that said that because that seems to move the market more than anything, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That's my go-to line all the time, too. <laughs> when somebody's yeah. asked me why something's doing something, oh, it's China, definitely. Yeah. So the other big uh, thing that we should talk about, Randy mentioned the dollar pulling back here this week due to the Fed decision. And of course, that makes us more competitive on the export front. Do you think we're going to continue um, to see the dollar index pull back here now? Is that going to be friendly for us, especially if interest rate climate does start to change? I think uh, so. For yeah, Randy, you go ahead with a dollar one first. I'll I'll start and then you can argue with me. No, okay, um, sounds good. 
I, I think so. I mean, I look for the dollar to continue to see a little bit of, of uh, deflation come into play, especially if we, you know, it's not likely we're going to see an interest rate hike in the January meeting or the next meeting that the Fed has. There is rumors, you know, of course, that they're saying there's going to be three rate reductions next year. I think they'll be later in the year. But I think the dollar will continue to see a little bit of softening, and I think that will help to continue to make our wheat market a little bit more uh, um, reasonable as far or more uh, uh, price worthy to into the export market. But Dwayne, it really helps all of our exports, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. No, it helps them all. And it's what we kind of need, um, especially on the cattle side of things. Uh, you know, we started the year a lot higher. Well, and then start the year, but we were a lot higher. We've come off the highs, but we're still a lot higher than like Brazil uh, as far as the cattle market is. So we need the lower dollar to help our exports there. That would really help. Yeah, no doubt. The other thing that happened this week was the Argentina devaluation of their peso. They've also mm -hmm. changed some of their export uh, restrictions. We thought they were going to lower their export tax. They raised it for corn and wheat for the short term, but Dwayne, do you think they're going to lower it long term? And what does that mean for the U.S.? I, I really, no, I don't think they are going to lower it long term. Or at least it's going to take a really long time to do that. Don't they owe like $44 billion to the IMF uh, in a loan? I mean, that's why every politician does that in Argentina. They say that they're going to lower the tax. They seem to get the votes and get in office and then realize pure economics behind it. Like, well, if they lower the grain export tax, how are they going to have money to fund the government? And I think the IMF agreed with them, like, you know, this is the way to do it. You can devalue your currency, but you got to keep those taxes in place. And I've seen this morning a few articles from Argentina farmers that are pretty upset about the corn export tax moving up from, what was it, 13% to 15%. And yeah, soybeans stayed the same. So it's maybe a feel-good story that someday they'll do it, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, I think corn and wheat both went from 12 to 15. Not a big increase, but I think they gave some preferential treatment in terms of the exchange rate to some exporters, didn't they, Randy? Yeah, they did. And, and you know, yeah, I, and I think that could help bring in some of our some more demand back to the U.S. is the fact that they did increase their exports on wheat and, and corn. Soybeans, of course, they don't export a lot of soybeans. They export, export mostly uh, oil, soybean oil and soybean meal. So it's not such a big deal on, on that aspect. But I do think this will help maybe push the U.S. ahead of Argentina on the, in the export market. The trouble, though, is they're going to have or they have the potential to have a big crop this year as they've seen rains and things have rebounded. So what we see is a shortfall in South America might be uh, excess uh, going back into uh, Argentina. That actually won't come to the market, though, for a while. I mean, they don't have any grain right now really to sell, do they? Oh, they know they don't. I mean, they've had droughts the last two, three years in a row. So they're sitting with extremely tight supplies. So they're not going to be looking at bringing anything. And probably until, you know, mid-summer or, or early early spring would be the earliest they'd be able to ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's also talk a little bit about logistics issues. Obviously, we've been fighting the low river water levels on the Mississippi. Panama Canal now is nearly shut down to, to drought and low water levels. How are we going to move all of this grain? For us, we're hoping out the P&W because that would right. help the producers in the, the Dakotas here for sure. But uh, we will see. Well, Randy, they're also talking about maybe looking at the Suez Canal, but really that's not a safe place. And won't that just increase freight costs? 
It will, and it'll and it'll slow down because there's so many ships that go through there, you know, with merchandise already. That I, I think that will create a little bit of more of a bottleneck, and kind of like what we're seeing as far as the Panama Canal is concerned. But yeah, you know, and we're already seeing, I think, a little bit of that benefit up here in the Pacific North. You know, for us up in the Northern Plains to, with the Pacific Northwest shipments, because our uh, bean basis levels have stayed relatively decent uh, throughout all this. So I, I think that's certainly helped. And corn, a lot of those shipments have been going by rail to Mexico because they've been the biggest buyer, right? Correct. And hopefully they continue. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Um, Should ask you just quick here, what is your marketing advice for producers right now as we start into the end of a year going into a new year? Randy, you start first. Oh, I was hoping Dwayne would go first. (laughs) Okay, well, Dwayne, you go first then. Ah, darn it. (laughs) Um. You know, we talked a lot about it being a quiet time marketing-wise as far as the market moving, but that means it's probably a great time to sit down with a cup of coffee in the morning and do your marketing plan. Um, Because like we mentioned, it's going to be hard for the corn market to rally. So set some realistic targets out there, see where you can break even, make some money and go ahead and just set those out there. I think that's probably some of the best advice I give. The soybeans are a little bit tighter. So, you know, if a weather scare happens, we could see those run a little bit. All right, Randy, you got about a minute. What do you think? Okay, I, I, I'll be a little more specific than Dwayne, but uh, I, I think he's got a good idea there. But I don't, you know, as far as targets, I would look at 495 uh, to start moving some more corn. You know, if we get to that level, I'd start taking advantage of some some uh, future fixed contracts, wait for basis, sell the carry in the market. For soybeans, mm-hmm. I'm looking at 1385. We get up into that level. I think that's a good spot to be making cash sales at that, that time frame. And for wheat, uh, I think we get ready to have a birthday party for it. I think we're going to have to hold that one for a while. But, um, you know, really I'm looking at about seven and a half to 765 to want to move some wheat. Do you think we'll see a lot of sales right after the first of the year like we normally do after, uh, you know, for taxes purposes, income averaging, whatever? I don't know if we see as much as we think. I think farmers sold a lot of beans for cash. They've got had some good years. I think they have cash. And boy, from what I hear from a lot of them, they just want to weld those bend doors shut until they see five. But I do like Randy's advice. Undercut that and sell it at four ninety five. So, Dwayne, you're a farmer. Do farmers need the cash right now? No, they don't. And no. I, I think also with the interest rates, I thought they'd have to move grain more. Yeah. I don't think they realize how much it's hurting them until after they sell this crop, sadly. All right. Well, we are going to have you guys stick around here. We didn't even get into cattle and some other things, but uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Randy Martinson and Dwayne Bussey joining us here uh, for AgriTalk. United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Michelle Rook in for the vacationing chip for you. Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag, Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing, joining us here with analysis. I always think it's fun to take a look at some of the weekly closes, talk a little bit about technicals and chart action. It always kind of surprises me and 
Uh, Randy, I want to start off talking a little bit about wheat. We had those big key reversals in Kansas City and Chicago wheat two weeks ago on a weekly basis, but we were down for the week this week in both. Does that negate that? You know, I think it puts it in, in a little bit into damage, you know, especially on the Kansas City side. That market got hit pretty hard this week. But I know we're also looking at fundamental reasons why that wheat, uh, you know, with the rains moving across, the improvement of the winter wheat crop. Uh, so I think all that came in to just weigh a little bit heavy on the Kansas City. And everybody was disappointed that we didn't see any more follow through export sales to uh, China for yeah. wheat this, this week. And I think that all that kind of weighed on the market. Minneapolis, though, was nice. It finished actually higher for the week. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. Dwayne, the funds were record short and the three exchanges combined mm -hmm. here like a, a week or so ago. They've gotten out of a little bit of that position, but no major short covering. No, no major short covering. And and that's probably about all you're going to see because of that carry they've got in the market. They've gotten really good in the wheat complex to staying short. And all they do is they just roll out into that carry and let that carry come down to where that nearby contract went expired at and they just continue to make money by being short and that's actually a little bit something i'm afraid of what could start to happen in the corn market as well yeah corn down about two and a half cents for the week pulled down maybe a little bit by wheat but we've been pretty range bound haven't we Dwayne? oh horribly range bound yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, as a commission broker yeah it's way too range bound we're doing nothing here in the corn market but I don't know. Maybe that's okay. You know, the longer you stay down here, maybe it's more appealing for China to step in and buy. But uh, yeah, it seems like we're not low enough for that to happen. We're not high enough to get farmers selling. So just sideways pattern. Yeah. January soybeans up 11 and three quarters for the week. And Randy, uh, certainly we continue to try to hold a little Brazilian weather premium there, don't we? We do, you know, and, and I think the market bounced off with some major support, you know, like you said, you get down to that $13 or that, you know, just under that $13 level, we see technical buying step back in and push it up. So I do think that there is some concerns about what, you know, whether or not these rains are going to fall or not and how much damage has been done to the Brazilian crop. And that will keep that market a little bit firm. I think until we get into the first of the year, or at least see into January to see where the crop is. Yeah, and January meal was up 90 cents for the week. So right above key support, and I think the 100-day moving average, but the March contract now has fallen below $400. How much of a concern is that, Randy? Well, it starts to become a little bit of a concern. I know that, you know, with the expectation of the bigger crop in Argentina, we're thinking that we could lose some of those exports. And I think that's what's kind of weighing on the, the soybean meal market. A little bit more disappointing is when you look at soybean oil with, like you said, as good as the crush was, that market finished a little bit softer for the week. Yeah, down 21 cents for the week. And that one has been, I would say, a little bit of a disappointing performer overall. All right, let's talk about cattle. Uh, February live cattle up three sixty-two and a half, a higher weekly close. And does this confirm a bottom? Do you think, Dwayne? Uh, it sure is a great step in the right direction. And and more importantly than it trading higher this week, it, it's how it traded. I, I'm going to call it the trade action. It, we went sideways kind of all week. We rejected selling interest, you know, which before in this market, we had a couple other times where we went sideways for about five or seven trading sessions. And then we'd have that down four to eight dollar day. Right. Um, but we kind of rejected that. Even just today, this market went back and forth on the opening. We started to go lower, uh, made a lower low than we've seen the last couple of days. And I thought, oh, no, here it comes the big flush. But right. no, we rallied back and then closed above the previous day's highs. So um, 
yeah, I really like the trade action today. Well, to your point on that, it was for a while where the funds were selling and liquidating on any strength. Now it feels like maybe we're starting to see some buying on the dips. Yeah. I'm Psychology not has changed, do you think? I, I think at least enough or we've fallen enough that the funds that are still long, those like about 25,000 contracts, I think they might just hold those and stay long. Maybe they're the longer term longs that want to stay in. I don't know if they're buying those positions. They don't they don't go one way and then back the other right away. But at least maybe the bleeding or hemorrhaging has stopped. Yeah. Uh, January feeders, we were up 560 for the week, closed above the 220 level. I think that was pretty key, wasn't it, Randy? It was, you know, and, and really, this is the second week in a row where we've seen a positive close in the January feeders, which last week wasn't a big positive close. But, you know, in this market, we'll take anything we can get. But, you know, at this point, you know, I don't know if we've seen a bottom in this market, but I certainly think that we have done some damage to the downside and, and that we will start to see this thing firm up a little bit. I think the Catalan feed report next week is going to give us a little bit more indication of just where our placements are at. And I think that'll help uh, kind of lead us into the cattle inventory report at the end of January. Yeah, I know we got a bunch of data dump next week from USDA on the livestock side. Hogs, uh, we have the Feb contract up 292 and a half on the week. Of course, it became the spot month yesterday, but we did close above some key resistance. Can we keep going in that market, you think, Dwayne? Boy, very impressive trade action again. Let me go back to that. You know, the hogs have struggled so much here lately uh, with Smithfield saying, you know, they're backing out of some of the Utah farmers production there. You know, they didn't want them anymore. That's just a very negative headline out there. China yeah. saying that their herd is too large. They're trying to liquidate and that just puts even more pork on the table. We kind of got through all of that and maybe the news got the most bearish at the bottom and, and now we're starting to recover back. I think a lot of it helped the Fed meeting this week and our stronger economy or our stronger outlook made people think that we're going to buy more pork as we move forward. So that kind of shot the Feb contract up these last two days. Um, I'm not ready to call it a bullish trend yet, but a heck of a nice last two days. And we already talked about the dollar. That was down 137 points for the week, but crude oil was up 38 cents, back above the $70 mark. What do you think, Randy? We put the bottom in there. You know, I'd be surprised if we haven't. You know, right now we've seen some pretty good the market traded below 70 bucks for a while. And right. I think anytime you get down there, that makes it a buying opportunity. So I, okay. I do think we put the bottom in. I'm a little worried about what's going on as far as some of the military actions in other countries that I think will bring some uh, some support into this market. All right. Something to watch here as we start uh, into the end of the year and a new year. Hey, thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Um, your time, as always, is very valuable. But thanks for being with us. Thanks Thank for you. having us. All right. Randy Martinson with Martinson Ag. And we also had Dwayne Bussey with Bolt Marketing joining us. Uh, Chip is going to be back here on Monday. But thanks for letting me uh, ride along as the host here. I'm Michelle Rook, along with uh, Davis Michelson here on Agritalk. Agritalk.